welcome back to the interview you podcast this is your boy lewis shine and hey got another special guest on today man this guy i, I met back at our days at miami ohio um, i had a chance to to see him um do his thing on the field um it was an amazing time because it, it was a great time to be there uh, we had a lot of success in the program but, but he was one of the prominent guys and i had a chance to meet and get to know a little bit. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you all Turner Nande. How you doing, man? I'm good, Lewis, man. Thank you for that uh, amazing introduction. <laughs> man, really no introduction needed, man. I, I, I've been a, a witness to see you do some things in person, man, and, and, and followed you throughout the years, man. And so just really blessed to have you on, man. Um, one of the things we want to do, man, is we want to kind of get started, man, and, and talk about how the game, um, and normally I, you know, for me is hoop, you know, but actually my first love was football. And so I played football till the seventh grade and then I kind of cho chose basketball. So that's why back at Miami, I'm always around the football guys. So, um, but for you, ball is football. So, so where did it start in your life? What, what's the earliest you can remember football being introduced to you? Six years old. <clears throat> man six years old yeah and um uh, my story is is probably similar to a lot of um other people's story that you know and that you've grown up with and you know um I grew up in a uh underserved community um and you know my dad worked uh, a bunch of different jobs and you know I was uh, in a single parent household and you know they didn't want me to get caught up in that in that street life so um, at a very age, my dad wanted me to fall in love with something and fall in love with sports. And so he put me in the football as soon as I was eligible to play. And uh, I've been playing ever since and, and fell in love with it ever since. Actually, I, I played basketball and ran track as well up and through high school. Oh, wow. How was that demand? Because that's like a, uh, I knew some of the football players when I was in high school there. It's like you got track, summer, football. And literally, some of the players would join the team late for basketball. How, how did that work for you? Well, I, I've done it uh, all my life. I mean, up and through uh, high school that, you know, for me, it was just normal. It was just um, it, it would be abnormal to um, to not have, you know, go and transition right from football to basketball, basketball to track, you know, and then all over again. You know, it, it just kind of kept my mind um, at a linear type of focus. And I think that's what my dad wanted me to do. He, he wanted me, he wanted sports to consume so much of my time that I couldn't be involved in anything else, if that makes sense. And, yeah. um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it always worked out. I mean, yeah, when I played hoop and if we made it to a, a good run in the, in the state, um, for the state finals or state playoffs, um, you know, the, the coaches knew uh, which football players he wanted on his team and, you know, and, um, you know, he would hold a spot for us. And, you know, after we got done, we just immediately transitioned. We were already in shape. So it, it wasn't like we needed to, um, you know, get into shape like some of the guys who only played one sport in, in high school. Yeah. So speaking of high school, um, Grand Rapids, um, Talk to that. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, I'm assuming that this is the time you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you begin to well, let's back up. When did you begin to realize that 
football was something that, you know what, I might be able to take this to the next level, play at the next level, and maybe even get a scholarship, get education paid for. What what was that part where you, you felt like, you know what, this is something I really want to do? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say the earliest that I can remember me like really understanding um, my full abilities was maybe like a couple years after like I started. Okay. Because um, I, I, I would say like right around that eight, nine year old range uh, because I kept getting bumped up and um, I was bigger than a lot of the kids, you know, growing up, like I, you know, I developed fast and um, I had, um, you know, you know, I always played a level above, um, you know, where I was supposed to be. So, if, you know, in Grand Rapids, we call um, Pop Warner Rocket League. And you, uh-huh. had three, you had three levels, you had novice, uh, juniors and seniors. And it was all, you know, age ranked. Um, but I would always play, you know, if I was supposed to be a novice, I would be a, a junior. If I was supposed to be a junior, I would be a senior, you know. So just just playing and competing with those guys that were ahead of me, you know, and, and me being able to hold my own. I was like, wow, yeah, I, I think I could, you know, possibly do something. And then, you know, as an athlete, you know, you want to hone in on your craft and you want to be better. So what do you do? You you really immerse yourself into it. So I started watching, you know, uh, the Detroit Lions and started watching the NFL games and some college games. And and I'm like, one day I want to do that. And I wanted to go to Florida State because, you know, who didn't want to go to Florida State at that time, right? With, uh, yeah. With uh, what they had going on in that program. But yeah, I, I think back then is when I really uh, told myself and committed to, you know, uh, taking this thing as far as I could take it. Man, so... Let's talk a little bit about just that timing. Like, was there a player that you kind of looked up to? I know Florida State was where you wanted to go, but was there like a college or pro player that was like you was you was running to the TV when they played? Like, was there a guy like that? Yeah, uh, Charlie Ward, Barry Sanders. Okay. You know, I, I thought I, was, yeah. I actually thought I was going to be like a running back. I I knew I was going to be an offensive player. I just thought I was going to be the sweetest thing because you know I play. You know, again, when you're playing. Um, little league, you know, you play both sides of the ball. And so I really enjoyed running back because you got instant gratification, right? You know, when you score a touchdown and a big impact on why we won or we we, we did so good. And so uh, I watched those guys and studied those guys and, you know, the Emmets and, you know, and I thought I was really going to be a running back. But, you know, of course, in high school, that's when you get a little bit more specificity in what you're going to ultimately be, right? And, you know, my high school coach was like, you know, T, we love you at running back, but we love your aggression on defense and you can only you can only do one. (laughs) Man. So that was uh, now playing on defense. Is that the one you would have chosen or you would have chose the offensive side if you had your choice? Again, you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? Because um, we're we're young, we're 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 figuring um, life out, we're figuring out, we're co- we're coming into our own. So, you know, had you asked me that at that time frame, no, I wouldn't have chose defense. You know, yeah. um, like I I I like to tackle, you know, but man, it, it went back to that instant gratification of being able to be the man, and people knew who was running with the ball. I mean, football is about who has the ball, right? So, 
if, yeah. you know, a running back touches the ball, you know, uh, and, and scores touchdowns and people love him, you know, then that's that, that's who I wanted to be, you know. Um, no, no one knew the defensive guys. Defensive guys weren't celebrated to me back then. Um, as, you know, me learning the game further, you know, you realize, you know, defense is a huge part of the game. But, you know, uh, when you're a little kid, everybody wants to be, you know, Randy Moss and Barry Sanders and, you know, um, Charlie Ward or whoever the quarterbacks, you know, that uh, were big at that time, Randall Cunningham, you know, and because um, you because uh, you can be able to play when when you're playing in the street, you're not saying, oh, I'm Derek Brooks. <laughs> No, you know, you're Randall Cunningham. You're, you're Barry Sanders. You want to break people's ankles, you know? Yeah. So. No, I'll definitely, definitely understand that, man. Um, and that's – I mean, I think that was like a crucial thing just for just us growing up, man, to have those examples before us. I think sometimes people mistaken it as like, oh, you copying him or whatever. But for us, man, it was we, – we needed that example. It gave us hope. It, it gave us a, a picture of what we could be. So um, it's real awesome that you're sharing that, man, because, uh, you know, I, I didn't know about the offensive side about you, you know, so that was pretty cool to hear that. Um, man, let's talk about – let's go to high school, man, and talk about um, when Miami first started recruiting you. When, what was that like, and, and when did that come on the scene for you? Yeah, so, um, you know, I played uh, varsity uh, all four years in high school. So I was getting attention, you know, um, since my freshman year from schools. Um, but they were like smaller schools, mid, like, you know, mostly mid-American. Uh, Michigan was in my back pocket. You know, some of the bigger schools were in my back pocket. But, you know, you, you, you know, as a recruit, you, your um, letters don't mean anything unless they're handwritten. Because that, that, that's when you know that you're really a priority for that school. You know, yeah. they take the time to handwrite a letter and really put in the effort to recruit you, not, you know, just kind of send you um, generic mail that they send every other recruit, right? Just to let them know, like, hey, we're interested. So, um, you know, I thought I was going to go to Michigan. Of course, you know, me being a Michigan kid and me being from Grand Rapids, everybody is go blue uh, where I'm from. And um, and so, you know, I was recruiting harder. I would attend a Michigan and that's when I caught the eye of, you know, uh, some of these uh, mid-majors. And uh, Tabor Johnson at the time was just a hungry um, young coach um, <clears throat> that moved up quickly in the ranks. Um, and and he came after me and, and we just built a bond. And I liked, I trusted him. I trusted him because, um, first of all, he reminded me of my high school coach. And he knew how to tap into... Um, the things that I wanted to do to be successful. And I believed, you know, if I came to Miami, I would be successful. And um, he um, he promised me some things, which he ultimately made uh, happen um, because I ended up playing my true freshman year and, and starting after the third game. But, you know, he he um, he gave me the, the the chance to to become great and special at Miami. And he was very hard on me uh, because he saw the talent and, and where I could possibly go um, if I put in the work and and, and just kind of listen to him. Man, so chose Miami, old Oxford. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> man, it, it's, it's such a special place, bro. Like, 
literally, I didn't know I was going to Miami. You know, it wasn't even on my radar. But then something happened that summer, you know. And uh, so glad I I went there, man. It's It was full of so many special people, whether it's like regular students we met, athletes, um, people in athletic administration. There's just a special thing there, man. And they, over the years, man, I'll be honest, I've kept in touch with so many people. We keep in touch to this day. And it, it seems like it's not – we haven't even left campus for a week or so. It's like that close of a bond. And so, man, tell us a little bit about just – what Miami meant to you just overall. We'll get to the football side in a minute, but what did it mean to you just being a being on that campus? Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, to back up a little bit, like, um, on that recruiting story. So it was funny when, when I actually met Tavor and he was like, hey, yeah, I'm from Miami. I was like, whoa, the Hurricanes, yes. You know? <laughs> but, I, but I looked at him and I was like, you know, brother, you got on the wrong colors. And he was like, you know, no, this is Miami of Ohio. I was like, Miami of what? <laughs> so, so, so you, you gotta, you gotta understand how ignorant I was. And, uh, and when I, when I took my first visit to the campus, it was just like, um, it was everything I, I ever imagined a school to be. Wow. It was, it was almost, it, it was almost, I mean, because I took a lot of visits to a lot of schools, unofficial visits. I went to the Notre Dames, to Purdue's, uh, Bowling Green's, Toledo's. I mean, I took, you know, I had, you know, 14 and 16 uh, offers just from like the Midwest um, schools. But when I got to Miami, it just felt like home, mm. you know, and and, and, and and it was it was um, it was a, a testament to, you know, you know, what they did to set up. Uh, the recruiting environment because you know I, I came on campus my host was uh, T Jones Terrell Jones <laughs> uh, who uh, who you know very well yeah and um, you know uh, that week I, I think you know we went to an icebreaker and Central Central State or Wilberforce was you know a lot of kids you know from there came to this icebreaker so they took me there so I'm thinking like oh my god this this school is awesome I mean it's it's really diverse you know you hear a lot about the the, the, the Ivy League education, the public Ivy education, you see the, the beautiful buildings and the heated sidewalks and, you know, and it, it just looked like something out of a, out of a magazine. And, and you see actually the school is over time, you know, when you, when you actually go there and you're just immersed in, you know, the people and the education and, and the small bubble that we called it, you know, and the good times on, you know, um, you know, High Street and, you know, at Brick Street and, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it was just amazing time for me. And, and you know, um, I, I wouldn't be mad if my kids, this is how much I think about Miami. I wouldn't be mad if my kids wanted to go to Miami. It was just, a, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was the, uh, I couldn't, you know, it was safe. It was just a, it was just a great school to be at. I mean, everything that you wanted or needed, you got right there. And it was enough for me, you know, to be at Miami. That That's, that's amazing, man. And, and for you, for you all that's listening out there, see when, you know, when we came out different times, you know, like you mentioned, you see a lot of these big schools, man. It's just like, oh, man, you know, I go there, I go to the league or, you know, they on TV all the time or whatever. But I slept on Miami before I went there because I didn't know. 
And so mm-hmm. when I got there, I, I had a chance to play on the Sweet 16 team with Wally Zerbiak. And so that that Coach Cole's uh, amazing coach, you know, being in that atmosphere and then being surrounded with guys like Travis Prentice and Jawan Armour and, and, mm-hmm. and Dustin Cohen, those guys, I got a chance to see that error. And then I stayed for grad school, which is when you guys were there and Ryan Robinson mm-hmm. and, and Martin Nance. And it is just like you guys were amazing as well. And, and during that time, sports was on such a high. I mean, Ben, you know, Roethlisberger, I mean, it was just a lot going on. I'm talking about it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't a, a month that could go past where, you know, few weeks here and there you got ESPN on campus and and there was just a lot going on man and so it was just an amazing time um tell us how tell us one of the one of your biggest memories like I know there's a ton (laughs) but speaking on the football side what was one of your maybe biggest memories that meant, meant a lot to you accomplishments or just something that you're most proud of just being there as a football player yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's countless memories that I have, um, you know, and, and that's a that's a good thing, right, to have so many memories that you can't just choose one that's your favorite. But um, if I had to say something that stood out to me, it would be the year that we won the MAC championship. We went 13 and one. And um, more specific, yeah, when we when we beat Bowling Green uh, the second time to to, you know, bring um the title back to Oxford I mean that was so special for me because one I was a I was a true sophomore and um I knew that we were setting a president president for ourselves moving forward that this was the culture that we were going to create it's it's you can't go downhill from here you 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 you, the trajectory changes immediately you know from a losing season um our first year to going 13 and one and now we're going to continue to get that attention from the, the college universe and people were going to pay attention to this Miami who no one knew nothing about. I mean, to me, I felt like we were Boise State before Boise State and Utah became, you know, the fact. Yeah. I mean, we were we were that special. And and so, um, yeah, winning the MAC championship was 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 special because I never won a state playoff or got the the big one in high school or anything else so that was that was major for me you know to be able to to say hey i am we are mac champions and uh one of the best uh teams to ever come through uh miami yeah man that that was so special man i i remember that man like it was yesterday (laughs) man it was amazing time man and so man so you know making your way through college and so now you know I know somewhere up in there, you know, as a college football player, your mind is NFL. That's this is 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 surfacing somewhere. Talk to us a little bit about you know ending your career there and starting to go to workouts. Um, and I'm not even sure if you like left, came back second semester, or if you went to workouts or how it all went. But walk us through that from the time that you left um, to work out, and then when the draft came and how that all went for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Lewis, like, 
you know, it was always NFL. So, you know, I know Kobe, because of Kobe's death, a lot of people are, you know, revisiting his past and just understanding his mentality. I, I had a similar mentality, I would say. You know, for me, it was it was NFL or nothing, you know. Yeah. I, I knew that I was going to make it to the NFL. No one could tell me that I wasn't going to make it to the NFL. It didn't matter what school I went to. And so the moment from the first moment that I set foot on uh, Miami's campus, it was it was my I constructed a plan to reach my goal. And, you know, every year, um, you know, I had small goals. So my first year as a true freshman, I, I just wanted to play um, and get on the field as much as I could. And then I stayed every single summer to take extra classes so so that I could graduate in three and a half years, which I did. And then I could use and dedicate that in, that to training. And you know, it would have been flawless, but my my senior year, I got hurt, uh, lacerated my liver and mixed, uh, missed six games. And, and that kind of dropped my uh, draft stop. So I had to, you know, uh, really go and do more uh, leading up to the draft to just kind of get my name back out there and me coming from a, a, a mid-major, you know, um, where you, you're you going up against, you know, a bunch of um, high caliber dudes. I mean, Ohio State had a linebacker core that all of them went in, in, in the first two rounds, I believe. Uh, A.J. Hogg, Bobby Carpenter, uh, Slagle. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just knew it was a linebacker uh, year. And, um, and, and so I, I just gave myself every opportunity to 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 make it you know i i hooked up with ben ben introduced me and martin Nance to um to his agent uh lee steinberg and uh lee is you know as you know the the guy who they made jerry Maguire after so i gave myself the best opportunity um to to reach my goals and it was it was going to be on me if if i didn't if i didn't uh accomplish it man that's good stuff right there uh great connections and and just doing what you had to do, even with the injury, um, still doing what you had to do. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, so once, you know, draft is coming up, you put in that work um, to be prepared, um, you linked up with the right people. Now that day is coming. What did that look like for you? Were you with family? All that go, how you feel once you get the call? I want to know all that. What's happening? Yeah, so, you know, I, I – um... For, for me, you know, I, um, it, it was a lot of anxiety, right? Because, you know, you, you know, you kind of teeter between uh, anxiety and a little bit of depression, just a small amount, right? Because if you don't get drafted, if I didn't get drafted to me, I would have felt rejected, right? And I wouldn't have known, uh, you know, I know you could go the undrafted route, but for me, it was, you know, you know, you want to kind of make this path as easy as possible, right? And everybody who I've talked to said that I was draft worthy. And so, like I said, um, you know, when draft day actually came up, my, I, was, I was with my agent and, I, uh, and he encouraged me to throw a party. And so I threw a party with, you know, all, you know, my closest family and friends in, in Grand Rapids. And um, I used to actually um, be part of a boys and girls club uh, coming up. And so I threw it there. You know, um, so that all the, the the little kids in that community could see, you know, someone who came up through that boys and cl uh, girls club to make it, you know, on a big stage. Like you can do it, right? And and so you know, it was nerve wracking because you know I thought I was going to go the first day, it didn't happen. Um, and then so the second day of the draft, we kind of just did it a little bit more intimate. It was just me and my you know, my family members, my closest family members. 
and and then I got that call from Tennessee in the in the fifth round, and you know I was, I was I was relieved, I was elated, you know I was I just you know it was, it was so many emotions going through because it was like wow I did it, like no matter no matter what happens from this point, I accomplished my dream of uh, being in the NFL. So you know, of course you know everyone wants to have a ten year career, but you know I. I look back and I'm grateful um, for the time that I was there. Man, that's, that's really good stuff right there, man. Um, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, once you're there, man, that that first time that you hit that field, you know, the hype all, you know, led up to everything, got drafted. But when you hit that field for the first time, like take us through that, just, you know, those first times, training camp, first game, what did all that feel like for you, man? Just going back to first, you know, I remember my first start was against LSU in college, and that was unreal because you know that's the that's the most hostile place I've ever played in. And anybody who's ever you know, uh, you know, watched a game on TV of like LSU and Death Valley, it's crazy. And to me, you know, it was it was the, it, it was it was the same thing, right? You know, in, in in NFL because at this point now you are the game right and Miami you know we had to carve out Tuesdays and Wednesdays no Sunday and we are the team that everybody knows about and everybody knows who is on the team and you know you you step onto this field and 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 you you just hear the roar of the fans and the passion that they bring and then you see the the Jets fly over after the national anthem and and you're like wow I'm actually here wow I mean, it, it gave me goosebumps. It's giving me goosebumps now, just kind of reliving it um, in this in this conversation. But I mean, I was I, I was just over the moon, like at the fact that I I just couldn't believe it. It was just it was just a surreal feeling, I guess, Lewis. Like that's that's the best way I can describe it. Man, this is amazing stuff. I've almost got goosebumps over here just listening to you, <laughs> thinking about the Jets and everything, man. But but I just. I get it, man. Us athletes, we know what it is to reach our goals, man. And it's just a, it's just kind of a different thing, man, that happens. And so um, I know you had a few stops there, Tennessee, Colts, Chargers. Um, what's, what would probably be, you would say, your favorite stop, like, you know, <clears throat> along those three um, stops that you had? Um, you know, all, all three were my favorite. You know, you kind of lose that um, – um, I want to play for this team or I, I want to be here. It, it really didn't matter to me. I just wanted to be have a job. I wanted to, to go out there and continue to live my dream. And I actually uh, liked every coach that I played for in, in the NFL. My, my first coach was Jeff Fisher with the Titans. And all of these guys were uh, players' coaches, man. I love Jeff Fisher. I love, you know, what he stood for, the type of uh, man he was and, and the type of man he wanted um, us to be as, as a team. I love Tony Dungy. I mean, me and Tony, Tony, Tony actually um, was one of the guys who I thought I was going to play for, you know, for a very long time because, you know, they showed so much interest in me being that they were so close to us, right? Um, and, you know, I, I saw a lot of scouts and, and, you know, I'm not supposed to say this, but, you know, a lot of scouts, you know, uh, you know, indicated that, you know, that's where I was going to I was going to go because Tony like really, really loved me. I took one of my uh, uh, NFL uh, visits before the draft to the Colts. And so, 
you know, I just love uh, Tony's approach. He was a teacher. He was a mentor. He was a big brother. He had a spiritual component a component to his coaching. I mean, he really wanted you to be a successful man, you know, uh, no matter what your color, your, 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 your race, whatever, your ideologies. He just wanted you to be a successful human being that was going to impact this world in, in, in a different way. And then uh, North Turner, also a, a great coach, you know, uh, uh, offensive genius. You know, and he just was one of those that, those coaches that just brought a lot of energy and fun to the to practices. You know, you you you're, you're always laughing with Norm Turner because he was a lot of people might not know this about him, but he's very silly. It's good stuff, man. I, I just want to say this too, man. Like just you know, seeing you know, being a, be, ha, being able to have the opportunity to know you guys, like because you know you're in Miami. You know, everybody's everybody's everybody. Hey, that's. That's Martin over here. That's Turner over there. What's going on? See y'all later. You know, it's just, but then you look up and, you know, several years later, you know, when you guys have just accomplished what you accomplished and, and, you know, I, I was the roommate of a football player. So I know the meetings y'all used to have. And, and you know what I'm saying? I, I know the time commitment it was, it was a lot more than hoop, you know, required. We practice and go home, do some film, but man, y'all got meetings, you know what I'm saying? Like just, it's a lot, man, but I just want to say how how proud I am of you and others, man. Like me, me knowing you guys there and then seeing you guys go and accomplish your dreams, man. And they could say, man, that's that's my fellow Miami cat, man. Like, like it it does it gives joy to my heart, man, because I know I know how it was at Miami, and I knew how, even though at the mid-major level. A lot of people didn't give us love, but we went out and did what we did on all fronts, basketball, hoop, you know, and, and it was an amazing thing, man. So I, I appreciate the work y'all did and the joy y'all brought to so many people, man, the, the fans, the, you know, you know, your, your fellow uh, students that still look back and still know you and seeing what you've done, man. I love talking about that stuff, man. So I appreciate it, man, all the hard work and y'all put in. It's, it's been a blessing to me. I just want to tell you that. No, man. And I, and I appreciate you, you know, um, you know, we, you know, guys like Martin and, and, and uh, Ryan Robertson and, you know, uh, Fonz or, you know, what, what you achieved, you know, there at Miami. And, you know, you just have this uh, dual respect for, for one another because that, you know, we are um, uh, a brotherhood, you know, of, of athletes and, and it's special to be able to, you know, relive, you know, those moments in, in this in this interview today. I mean, because, you know, anytime that I think about Miami, it's, it's probably one of the best times of my life, you know, that I really, you know, enjoyed myself, was very carefree and enjoyed the people that that um, that I got an opportunity to be around. So, Yeah, man. And, and it's I have a lot of people on here and my purpose is to bring guys on to be able to share their stories so that other people that are going after their dreams, man, they can hear a real life story and it can inspire them. And so, you know, everybody that I bring on means a lot to me, but I have to say when I bring my guys from Miami on here that, that went on and did great things, it touches my heart in a different way because I lived with there with them. I seen them on campus. I, I seen them at practices. I, I seen them going to meetings and in the Martin dining hall, trying to, you know, get you, get your uh, boiled eggs in you and all that just so you can have that energy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. lived it with you, man. So 
it's it's an amazing thing, man. Um, man, as we uh turn this corner, man, um, couple things. Um, number one, talk to just talk to us a little shortly about what your family has meant to you, man. You know, in this whole process, even post career, you know, what family means to you. Um, and then we always try to leave something with somebody that's listening, man, that they can live their life by. So anything that you've lived your life by, a principle, a quote or whatever that might be. Share those things with us as we close out. Yeah, absolutely. So um, family is is the utmost important to me. I mean, I am a family guy. And, and again, not to, you know, get back to um, the whole Kobe inc- incident, because it's such a tragedy to, to lose a, a, a great individual like that. So we identify with Kobe because he had this mentality that, you know, he wanted to to build a family. He wanted to be great on and off the court, and and most of that dealt with you know him being uh, very close to his um, to his kids and his his girls. And so that's you know family has always been that part for me. I I um, have a unique story where you know my mom um, wasn't um, didn't live in a household not because she wanted to, but because of uh, certain circumstances. Me being Nigerian and you know, um, just how uh, the immigration system works here. And so, you know, um, it drove me to to do everything because I wanted, I had a purpose to, to, to do it for my family. And now that I'm a married man and I have two kids, you know, they drive me to do everything that I do, um, you know, after football um, to, to make sure that they have a better life and that, you know, um, I have a, a reason to wake up every single morning and do what I need to do uh, for them. And, um, you know, I, I can't say enough uh, about my family, but, um, you know, I guess um, to leave leave you off with a, with a quote that I follow, um, it's, a, it's an old Rockefeller quote, and it's, it's very simple. Um, he said that um, successful people do common things uncommonly well. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that just, if you drill down into it, it's about, you know, people just um, mastering and being good at something, like just understanding that, you know what I mean, like like how you were, you know, you were good at basketball because you focused all of your attention at being successful. And then what falls out of that is that you're, you're great in other things, right? Because the, the same type of attention and focus that you put towards being great in basketball and that I put in being great in football leads you to have those same principles when you do anything in life. And then you realize success is that easy. You know, just having that focus of, you know, doing just common tasks uncommonly well, you know, doing the basics, going, uh, waking up, working out, you know, having a routine, following that routine why have a purpose you know um have something that moves you and drives you and pushes you to be great and and don't make excuses man you know um the the only person that you're ever competing against is is yourself you know nobody who's accomplished and you can't run your race like somebody else you just got to do it at your pace and and like i said you'll always accomplish your dreams if you just focus on on yourself and getting better so I hope that helps. <laughs> no, that that's really good stuff, man. Especially coming from yourself, you know that 
you you lived some of that and, and have had some some uh respective successes out of it. It's just amazing, man. And that's that embodies why, you know, like to have guys like yourself and some of the other guys that I've known and seen in college because uh it just really speaks loudly when you can share something but you actually lived by it. So I appreciate you sharing that man and really appreciate your time today, man. Just taking time. I know we've been trying to get up and everything is very busy season and everything starting 2020, but man, thanks for taking time to let me interview you, man. Oh, no problem, man. And uh, as you know it, man, it's love and honor, man. Uh, yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you giving me this chance. Thanks. Man, love and honor, bro. It's, it's been so amazing. Hey guys, it's Turner Nande, former NFL player, father, husband, uh, family man's done great things. Make sure that you uh, tune into my, website um lewisshine.com to listen to the replay of this or you can check us out at interview you pod on twitter and instagram to see the replay or listen to the replay rather of this episode um it's been amazing grateful to have you guys um listening on this episode especially one of my guys that went to miami is dear to my heart it's an amazing episode make sure you share it comment about it and um, tell somebody uh, so they can listen to it as well. So until next time, this is Interview You. We'll see you on the next episode.